0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. So there's this movie widely regarded almost since its release as the all-time classic hard science fiction movie. Written by one of the giants of the genre, and directed by an iconoclastic but universally respected director, conventional wisdom handed down since 1968 is that it will never be bettered. Surely anyone trying to think of tacking another chapter onto 2001 A Space Odyssey would be attempting the impossible. I'm Roberto Lewis, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for December 7th the day in 1984, on which 2010, The Year We Make Contact, premiered. It's a sequel that probably wouldn't have happened if not for the fact that Arthur C. Clarke himself penned a sequel to the original book. There was instant interest in translating that novel to film from MGM, but not from 2001's legendary director, Stanley Kubrick. The unenviable task of creating a new chapter following on from Kubrick's classic fell to director Peter Hyams, who had already directed two minor cult classic sci-fi films, Capricorn 1 and Outland. Himes would not only direct, but personally took on the task of adapting Clark's book for the big screen. There are some fairly major differences between the novel and the movie. The movie depicts the world as still being in the midst of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union, while Clark's book, titled 2010 Odyssey 2, assumed that the Cold War would have been resolved by the 21st century. In that respect, for quite a while, it seemed that the movie didn't age well, but from the vantage point of the 2020s, maybe it was just a decade off. John Billingsley, Phil Flox joined
1: dozens of Star Trek celebrities for eight hours of interviews, panels, performances, and general trek wallow, all in support of the Hollywood Food Coalition, hofoco.org. Check us out, helping people in need for almost 40 years. Trek Talks 2 kicks off 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, January 14, 2023. Stay hep at trektalks.net. Live long and mark your calendars.
0: Both versions of the story, in print and on film, proceed from the same basic premise. The spaceship Discovery, dispatched to the planet Jupiter, never reported home. The crew would long since have run out of supplies. And before contact was lost... Astronaut Dave Bowman reported the discovery of an enormous black monolith orbiting Jupiter. A joint American-Russian mission is launched to locate and board the discovery, reactivate the ailing HAL 9000 computer, if possible, and find out what happened. The movie's Cold War scenario creates instant tension and drama between the American and Russian crews. The novel's post-Cold War assumptions eliminate nearly all disagreements and tension between the characters, so the reader can focus on the story's science fiction conceits. One makes for a better movie, the other not so much. Clark was more than willing to collaborate with Himes on shaping the script into something more suitable as a movie, but Himes was in L.A., and Clark was quite comfortably ensconced in Sri Lanka and didn't want to travel to Hollywood. They settled on a suitably futuristic solution, an ongoing collaboration by email. But in late 1983 and early 1984, before the internet, that met direct international dial-up connections between Himes and Clark with multiple rounds of messages each day they built up so much correspondence that the results were published as a separate book titled The Odyssey File. The end result involved state-of-the-art special effects that had to accurately depict Jupiter as the then-recent Voyager missions had seen it, and amazing recreations of the sets from 2001 A Space Odyssey, all the more impressive since none of the original sets or models had been retained by the studio or anyone involved with the 1968 movie. There was also a cast of A-list talent, including Roy Scheider, John Lithgow and Helen Mirren, alongside Keira Delea, reprising the role of Dave Bowman, and Douglas Rain, the original voice of Hal. But reviews were mixed. Some critics felt 2010 was a very conventional, very 80s movie, writing the coattails of a timeless cinematic classic. It may not be the equal of 2001, but it does tie off the story in a satisfying way. And even if it wasn't a box office blockbuster, 2010 is worth revisiting. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for December 7th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.